Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the weekend warriors. Thank you for downloading today's episode of Racers and Rental Cars podcast, brought to you by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by MotionRaceworks.com for all of your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, MotionRaceworks.com. What's up, West Coast Cam? Hi, Grumpy Don. <laughs> you don't get to set the tone like that each time. You don't know if sure I'm grumpy or not. You've been grumpy all day, man. You've been posting on Facebook, saying that you have a diva for a co-host, all this crap. Uh, you know, hey, guilty any boy, names, guilty this. boy, guilty just, boy. Yeah. I didn't say co-host. Don't don't try to read into that. I just said, did anybody ever have to work with a diva? That's all I asked. Asking for a friend. You were yeah. the one that jumped right on their first comment and raised your Goldilocks <laughs> hand with your bit yeah. emoji. Because yeah, I'm showing all our listeners that I'm raising my hand. Well, that's what happens when I have you for a co-host. You have me for a co-host. I'm like the best thing for this show. If I wasn't <laughs> around, shit would not get done. Here we go. You know, the, if we, I could I like. For, I we, forgot to bake my cookies to give you, to send you some. First off, I've heard about your baking skills. We're going to pass on yes. that. Okay. Yeah, we can move on. Yeah, we're going to pass on that. If we were like running a military operation, this, you know, this is like me being the E5 and you being the E1 and you are not pulling your share of the weight. <laughs> I'm just letting you make up for lost time, buddy. It's all good. Me make up for lost time. All right, we're going to get off this train before hey, it. I was busy this weekend, you know, racing because the season started. Oh, so, so I have an excuse. Oh, so because you were busy drinking White Claws at Pomona, now all of a sudden you were busy. No, dude, I hardly even drank. I think I had like two beers the whole week. First off, I told you, you're not allowed to refer to White Claw as beer. <laughs> I did not have any. Are you sure? Yeah. Swear. Did your son? Well, I can't. I can't say that. I, Angie had one, and I had one sip of it. So I guess if you consider that having one, because mm, she had some weird flavor, so I tasted it. But other than that, that's all I had. I was busy working. How'd that work out for you? 
Um, great. Till first round. <laughs> and you lost a uh, said head gasket. Yeah. Um, there was, yeah. So actually, <laughs> I threw the rods out of it, unfortunately. You told me it was a head gasket. Well, it started there. Well, it actually started when the coil wire broke off and which caused the Hydraulic. head gasket issue. <laughs> and when I pedaled it, because it had dropped a hole and I didn't see them, so it kind of rattled. So I pedaled it and I didn't overrev it or anything, but it just dropped two other holes. And as you can see, it went kablooey. So. Which is unfortunate because that was a really good block and it just sucks because, you know, fortunately we don't have the funding that a lot of other teams, a lot, of, I mean, it wasn't just us that blew up. I mean, hell, I think the whole half the field donated to the aluminum gods this weekend. Sunday was brutal when you have that big of a swing in the weather. Mm. Yeah, that was a thing. I mean, we actually, mm. you know, we only made one qualifying run, but, uh, you know, we wanted to try to put on a good show for MP and, um, we turned it up and it did a bunch of stuff because we were going to try to run a mid 80 and it just, I don't know what happened, you know, brand new fuel pump, all kind of, you know, a bunch of new parts on it and just didn't work out. So hopefully it will work out in Phoenix. Were the MP folks happy? Yeah, it seemed to be. They, uh, I talked to them today and they said Monday morning, their phone was ringing off the hook with people referencing it. So, and it seemed to be the talk of the office. So, yeah. So are we Hopefully leaving, we'll, are we leaving we'll the decals on for Phoenix? We are working on that. That's nice. That's nice. All right. Yes. That, that's good. We are that's good. Working on that. Yeah. So so can can we talk about your interview? <laughs> sure. I guess. What do you want to know? Well, actually, I think I want to talk about it at the end of the show. Oh God. Because I have not had a really strong Don's rant in about a good six weeks. And if I have to read one more nonsense PR release from people who just will not own their mistakes, I am going to lose my lunch. <laughs> I, You know, I kind of summed it up in my in my interview, but it's, it's too far gone now. And like, it's just, people are just roasting him and me even. And like, I get it. It's the internet, it's social media, like whatever, but just, can we just like move on? I mean, I know it was a, was a big deal within the NHRA world. Like I get it. Like there should have been repercussions and there were and, and all that stuff. And, you know, do we wish it would have happened? No. Was, was I trying for it to happen? No. Like all this crap. But at the end of the day, like I think both him and I just want to go racing. Have I talked to him? They asked me that in my interview. Have I talked to him? No, I haven't. I mean, but I'm not going to wish any Ill will, Ill will on the guy. Like I wasn't raised like that. Wish the guy well, you know? So that doesn't mean that I'm not going to try to to beat him every single time that I race him. I I'll stand my ground on that. Every I'm not going to lay down like some people think that I should have just because I wasn't in a countdown or contention or whatever. Like I'm there to race cars. Like I'm not there to to screw around and just make up the numbers, even if I'm in a low budget car. 
Well, I think uh, I think I want to send an email to Mister. I believe you pronounce his last name. Is it Banowski? Jerry Banowski from NBC Sports. Oh yeah, yeah, I read yeah. that today. You read that today? Yeah, yeah. I kind of, yeah, kind of want to send Jerry an email. I'm I'm gonna find out tomorrow where Jerry lives at. Jerry needs to do some in-depth reporting. And oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry, investigation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I want to I want to throw the Dateline sound bites in the background. How's that music go? Or is that Law and Order? Don't don't. That's that's what we need to hear. JT, put that in. Put that in the podcast sound. Put it in the closet, JT. Don't don't. Jerry, <laughs> you need to investigate. Don't don't. I'm just I'm 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 over it, dude. I am so sick and tired of people like playing victim. I mean, I don't care about social media that, okay, if you get roasted, whatever, everybody's going to have an opinion. That's the problem with social media. Everybody's got one. Doesn't mean that it's an educated one. It just means they've got one. And, but I mean, own your mistakes, you know, I mean, just own it. Did you do it? Yep. I did it. Everybody's got an opinion. Everyone's got a keyboard. So well, some people obviously are pecking harder on theirs than others, and they just need to stop. Stop sign. Stop. Don't press send. Yeah, whatever. They'll listen to you. Oh, whatever. I've had to deal with it for the past three months. <laughs> you should have made t-shirts. Yeah, well, we could have put them on the. We could have put them on the stupid fast racing trailer. Hey, there was enough stuff going around Pomona. I will say that, you know, like people, people are definitely not letting it go. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. Well, I mean, didn't we talk, did we talk about it last week? No, 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 no. We, you and I didn't talk about it, but you, there was like the, the thing on Twitter was about, you know, how Denny Hamlin and the crew uh, or Joey Logano's crew at Penske, they all kind of got moved around. Crew members did. And and Joey Logano has got this, I can't remember what, they either call him Skunk or Scat or something. I can't remember. I got to go back and find the tweet. But when they moved the teams around, somebody actually, one of the reporters from that you know follow NASCAR said, did anybody tell Joey that he won't have, I think it's Skunk, that they won't have skunk in his corner for the next pit road altercation because that was the guy that grabbed Denny Hamlin and threw him to the ground. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like, okay, that was months ago, but we're not, you know, I mean, it's, it's, we need it. We need some anxiety. We need some animosity. Yeah, I, we need I, some I color. We need some character. I get that, but I don't think we need to use it on the intro and outro and every <laughs> effing commercial between here and Texas. That's one thing I do agree with them on. Well, but anyway, let's move on to something more. Um, <laughs> let's say what entertaining. We have a really cool guest this week, so I want to well, get well, to well, it. Wait, this is entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, but it is entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. 
I can I can tell you one thing. I signed a buttload of autographs this weekend and ran out of hero cards. Damn Skippy, buddy. Damn yeah. Skippy. Hey, so, hey, look. Which was cool. And hey, sold out of my merch. Hey, there you go. And if Not nothing there. else, if nothing else, you will still have the metrics that will go along with those intros and those outs. Yeah. I mean, there is no two ways about that. None. Just until the next time you go deep. <laughs> <laughs> what? Too soon? I, to- I, w- I told everybody, I was like, dude, I guess I'll just go in deep for qualifying. I don't give a shit about my ET anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know that you're here, baby. Perfect that. Perfect <laughs> yeah. it. What are you doing? Uh, hey, aren't, don't most people try to knock the tree down during qualifying practice runs? Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. What are you doing? I'm perfecting I'm my deep staging process. Stage with back wheels. <laughs> you know, I'm so underfunded. They can give me 300 inches and I still can't get there first. <laughs> hey, take it easy now. Oh, man. Just saying. Just, Just saying. saying. All right. Well, hey, you are absolutely right. And... We will get to it uh, for sure. We've got a great guest. I guess um, probably, let's say, so we're recording Tuesday night. So this is going to drop on Saturday during what is for, for, for all reasonable standards, the largest radio outlaw race will be taking place, drag race for our Australian folks. Yes, I'm sorry. Time attack. We're talking about drag racing again. Um, will be taking place in South Georgia Motorsports Park, which is truly in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Um, they can maybe pick, there'll be some controversy there. Oh well, for sure, because, because you know we're gonna <laughs> can't uh, imagine there would be. I mean, when the when the guy that runs the thing is nicknamed the Duck, and he's literally probably he is either the most hated or the most liked. Uh, individual on social media at any given moment of a 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. period each morning as he jumps on Facebook and projects his Facebook live. Uh, but nonetheless, at Adele, South Georgia Motorsports Park, you could literally pick it up and move it to Montana and would probably have about the same amount of people around it and internet connectivity. So, uh, that being said, we're going to bring somebody on our guest this week who is trying to solve that problem as well as bring uh, a little bit more content building, if you will, and uh, hopefully reach uh, in a positive manner to the world of drag racing and different segment groups, uh, if you will, if they're fragmented, if you want to use that phrase. And uh, that's Mr. James Lawrence, uh, who oversees, I guess, owns Speed Video and um, is also on or is the chair at SEMA. And he has taken some time out to come on our show. We're not going to like make too big of a sob story here, uh, but he is in Hawaii. So we will try to keep the tear jerks and. Um, Luau music to a minimum uh, for Mr. You Lawrence. He's got to send us a cheeseburger in paradise and maybe a Mai Tai or something. <laughs> something like that, maybe right off the beach. 
send you a grass cam I, i'm i'm venturing to saying a lot of people would like to see you in a grass skirt just saying they're goldilocks <laughs> not gonna happen bro okay. that hope <laughs> <laughs> unreal <laughs> mr lawrence are you there sir i am here hi guys how are you <laughs> marvelous don's already roasted me and it's only been 12 minutes Look. i can see what don's like this is this should be entertaining yeah see and and he supposedly knows me and i guess likes me at some point so he knows sometimes. he knows all your sweet spots cameron that's the problem yeah. he knows exactly. he knows where to poke exactly dude are you kidding me i love you like your brother you're three thousand miles away <laughs> i mean what the hell yeah i'm I mean, just saying you got to cut him some sort of a slack because he still drives cars with doors. So, I mean, I know you do too, James, but, you know. <laughs> and you want to continue. <laughs> no. Anyways, what's yeah, up, James? Yeah, How's anyways. it going? <laughs> it's How's good. It's good. I should tell you guys, I am the I am the chairman elect of SEMA. I'm not the chairman yet, but uh, but no, it's good. Well, we, now uh, that you've been on the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, you're going to freaking win by a landslide. So it doesn't really. Totally. You know, we'll just. I, we'll just Go we already it. won, Cam. Okay, we we already won. Just did when at SEMA, you you actually for 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 two years, you said is kind of like you know an apprentice, so to speak, working under the chair. So it's been good. We actually talked about PRI. We've got a lot of really big things that we're doing with PRI. Most a lot of people don't know this, but um, uh, PRI is owned by SEMA and announced at the PRI show this year that. Uh, a new headquarters is going to be built in Indianapolis and PRI is going to hire a president. Um, and there's a new mission statement for, with PRI that expands kind of the, the goals of PRI way beyond just running a trade show. So there's a lot of really awesome stuff we were working on today and it's kind of a passion cool. project for me. Nice. Well, you heard it here, folks. That's pretty awesome. You want to, you want to apply for that position, Cam? You want to be the president I should. Of all, all else fails at Cheetos College. I could get back into marketing <laughs> and all that. So, I, I mean, you know. I, I'm not interested in being the president, but you know, we got like some. Actually, when all that stuff went down, everybody told me that I needed because there's a there's an office here for PRI, and they're like, you 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 need to go over there. You need to go over there, and I never really looked into it. There's a general have. manager position open at uh, in Aliso Viejo. So <laughs> that's that was the office. That was the office. Yeah, then, there you then, go. Then Cheetos College came came knocking. So and we oh, wonder yeah. why they don't like you. Yeah, all us have priorities. That's right. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> all right, James. Well, so we have a very diverse background of listeners, and that being said, we need to get the elevator pitch of the background of james lawrence so 30 seconds or less go i get 30 seconds um yeah so you know lifelong drag racer you know fell in love with drag racing when i was 16 have been racing since i was 16 i spent a lot of years being a bad drag racer and uh did a lot of stupid things and blew a lot of stuff up and you know eventually figured out how to be you know not as bad of a drag race um and uh so that's kind of my first love and have kind of made it both a job you know and something i do for fun so you know we won the radio wars championship in nmca with a uh 
blown alcohol Corvette. I dove in tuned uh, with the help of a lot of awesome people on our crew. And so I, you know, really, I'm a racer, not first, but that's kind of where my heart lies. And then, uh, you know, I started the NMRA and the NMCA when I was in my early 20s and spent about 10 years running different racing series and then started our current company, which is called Power Auto Media that company in uh 2007 and then speed video four years ago so we also yeah, you, we forgot scene, to, so that's yeah we forgot to mention that part the whole power auto media portion of uh yeah. james's business <laughs> which is a pretty large well, one well, that, that. and that's where yeah and that's where that's where speed video came from actually was you know we we published Dragzine uh for you know since like i think 2010 so speed video kind of fit, fits right in there with what we were doing but we've got you know our company's not huge or anything i mean we're family owned you know company don't have any and in, you know big investors or anything i mean i run um i own the company but um we got about 50 employees so we're decent size but not huge you know i'll tell you for those of you that have never been to power auto media um i have been there and it's the most google-esque type of company that you will find i think in the motorsports industry and i think it's rad they like i remember you guys were like doing yoga and stuff at lunch and like walls are painted orange and you know like it's it's rad like it's a it seems like a really cool atmosphere to work at so um yeah Yeah, it's it's really cool really cool i mean we we like our culture is really important to us and just like it's really important for us to just you know not we're we try and have like a family environment it's not just you know um it's not just a place to go to work, but, you know, hopefully, you, you know, a place you can go and exercise your passions at. You didn't see me do yoga, though, Cam. I do yoga, though. No, I know. Like, I was I was only there and everybody was like, oh, yeah, we got to go. We're going to yoga. And I'm like, what? Like, oh, yeah, it's a group thing. We, we all do it at lunchtime. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's, I like that. Yeah. And then they have like, so that's, I think you, had, you were saying like sports teams, all kinds. Yeah. All kinds of stuff going on. It was pretty, I'm like, man, this yeah. place is like freaking Google. Where's the slides at? I was looking for the slide for, out of your office into downstairs. So that's the, that is the, that's the brief elevator <laughs> pitch. And, you know, speed video started, this is our fourth year. Um, and so, uh, it's been an interesting four years. Um, I've learned a lot about live broadcasting and, I've learned that there are few things in life more difficult than live broadcasting from the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so uh, it's been I mean, good. It's been a, it's been an interesting journey. It was it's the the people that came before us. You know, Mark Walters, Chad Reynolds, kind of the pioneers in the drag racing space. But there are people that have been doing this in circle track. You know, like Michael Rigsby that runs Dirt on Dirt that's been doing it for ten or twelve years. Um, you know, you got to take your hats off to these people. I mean, we came in at a point where a lot of things were already figured out. Now, I'm not telling you we didn't bring any new ideas or innovation to it, but to do this 10 years ago, you know, was, is unbelievable. I mean, they, these guys really had, they really had to persevere. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's not easy today. And it certainly wasn't easy then. I, I'm just over here still trying to send a text message at a racetrack to go through. So, I mean, I can't imagine even trying to stream a damn video. Well, it's just, there's a, the thing is, is that it's not just the technical challenges. It's actually more just ge- geography. I mean, you know, depending on where you're at, South Georgia is interesting and we can talk about South Georgia internet, but 
you know, a lot of the places you go to, you know, they may not have a good internet connection or the internet connection may be really, you know, okay. But then, you know, you get a big crowd and if you're in Chicago, you're okay, but you take a smaller area and, you know, a crowd will knock out cellular service. And we have a bunch of technology and actually very expensive tools we use to bond cellular connections together. But, you know, you get 10,000 people in a racetrack and the internet goes out, you know, I don't care who you are, unless you have a satellite truck, you know, um, you know, which is very expensive, you know, you have limited options. And so, you know, that's, you obviously want to put a really high quality product in and, and that's probably, I mean, I, we're kind of jumping off an interesting path, but that's one of the things that's really interesting about live broadcasting from remote locations is there's actually like three complexities to it. There's the internet connection to the production trailer. There's the, all the equipment and everything you do from a production standpoint. And then there's actually, once you send the live feed up, there's actually the five or 10 or 20,000 people or 50,000 people that are watching it. It's their internet connection. So it's really hard to troubleshoot because, you know, you can have a scenario where a guy's got super fast internet and, you know, he's watching at home and everything's great. And at the same time, someone else is watching, you know, from their tablet at a hotel and then another person's on their phone at Buffalo Wild Wings in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So, and not, I'm not making any excuses. I'm just saying like, sometimes, sometimes it's a production problem. If there's an issue, sometimes it could be the internet connection and then sometimes it's the end user issue. And yeah, so it just, it's, it's just a moving target regardless of, of what you're doing. Right. So I whether mean, it's NHRA TV, us, motor mania, you know, NFL, you know, game pass. I mean, it's, you know, there's just, there's some challenges just, you know, with just live streaming period. And so that's been an interesting learning curve. And you can, the thing that we joke about is, is that you can want to put on the best broadcast you possibly can. Um, but there's just a lot of variables and, you know, like at, at Valdosta this weekend, you know, we did spend, we committed to about $25,000 to upgrade the internet at Valdosta. Um, which was a very complicated thing that took months and months to do that was led by a guy named Tomba Bolts that runs Speed Video that involved, and I'm not kidding when I tell you this, petitioning the city council of Valdost, of, of Adele to allow us to rent space on their water tower. And it was literally put in front of the city council. Wow. Um, but we're also bringing in a satellite truck. Um, which is a $20,000 expense. And the reason is, is that if anything went wrong with the new internet connection we built, the way Donald puts crowds in there, there's, you know, you're, you're out of luck with a cell phone. And so, you know, or with even with bonded cellular. So the satellite truck is a guaranteed insurance policy that you're going to have, you know, a flawless broadcast, at least from the internet connection standpoint. So you know, a lot of racetracks, like you go to Route 66 and the internet's like amazing. So you don't have a problem. But then you go to say like South Georgia, it's a great track, but there's no, there's no like fiber in the area. So, you know, it's not anything that like Aussie is doing or not doing. It's just not easy to put internet in because of its location. Well, so let's jump back a little bit. I, I know anybody that's listening to our show has, that's tuning in just because the teaser is about subscription-based live stream. It's been a huge, complete and utter fire, right? Strike a match, it takes off. So all, all of the things that's been said on social media about, you know, 
political parties and because people want things for free and and so forth and so on and there's been some really good comments and i just kind of chuckle um i i wanted to kind of go about this in, in like with three points of view because i think the the unique thing about our show perspective wise is that cam has been in the boardroom from the marketing side he is the racer at the racetrack and also at the same time uh, he can look at it from the marketing side as a philosophy and foundation. And so for he and I, we all three, the the two of us collectively have that same background and you have yours as well. Uh, yours being a little different because now you're at the CEO level from a business plan. You have to make money. You've got a company to run. You've already said you got 50 employees, their families. They, these are things that have to happen in order to continue to flourish and prosper so that being said wanted to go about this from three different points of view with questions um one one from a racer standpoint because there is one thing that is very valuable to any racer and that is any content generation that they can utilize with their potential partners their current partners, their future partners, when it comes to being able to impact people without there being a, you know, a cost of acquisition, if you will. Um, with the subscription based being the fact that now we're going, which the price point, I'm, we'll get to that at the end, uh, because I mean, I, I have family that's dirt people and they spend $500 a year on dirt vision, uh, but they're diehard dirt. And I think that's just a different, different dna makeup so but as a racer you're you're now going from the aspect of where you could have potentially put your logo or a company or a product or your name or whatever the case may be that brand image in front of let's say a good day of ten thousand viewers and there was no cost to that sponsor um was beneficial financially to the racer because it probably had some credibility in the boardroom with them because they're going to get 10,000 views and it was minimal cost of acquisition for them. Now those viewers are spending, I don't care. It doesn't matter what the number is. It's really immaterial to view. So in your metrics, when you are putting this together, and looking at the analysis over the last, because I think you guys have done the last six or nine races with Duck. So I'm sure you've got plenty of metrics of, of what you've had for views on higher days and lower days and so forth. What do, you, what do you feel like is going to be your percentage of that viewership that's going to that's gonna be lost? Because, I, I mean, I'm a racer. I mean, I contact nhra and i say hey i need that i need the demographic packet you know what's the what do we have here what's what's our dmas what's our numbers i need to know what these are because they're valuable to my pitch so i'm contacting you speed video as a radio versus the world driver and sure. what am, what are what are you going to give me what what's what's my number so that i can try to formulate some sort of cost per acquisition uh, or CPM to tell my, tell my sponsor that's writing me a check 
to go compete. And, and so I'm eliminating the promoter aspect. I'm eliminating. Gonna, you just want a racer view. Yep. Just, just a racer. Um, so that's a great question. Um, and actually, um, I really like how you're queuing us up because there were, there's really four parties in this. Um, racers first. The second is the event promoter. And then the fan would probably be like what I would call the third kind of, you know, part of that triangle. And you're asking a question that I don't know that I could answer. Um, you know, we've got, we have our own ideas of what we think this is going to do and what it's going to be. Um, lights out will be a start, but I don't know that we could fully answer that question, Don, until we probably get six months in. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, for one thing, this was a big change. It was a change that we knew was going to, you know, be challenging. Um, last year to give you, you'd ask about a couple of numbers. We had 685,000 people, individual human beings that watched speed video events just on speedvideo.com. Some of them watched 30 events. Some of them watched one, depending on what they were into. That's a lot of, that's a lot of eyeballs yeah, and another, another million plus between Facebook and YouTube. So to give you kind of a stunning number, we were over 106 million minutes broadcast last year. Um, and I think it was 13 million video plays. So there's a lot. I mean, that's a, you know, a ton that's of a good people. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think the question you're asking is how's the race are going to be impacted? And I think it's a complicated thing to answer. I'm going to make it as simple as I can, which is, is that the first thing is, is that unlike dirt track, one of the things that we are committed to was having a free kind of a free paid hybrid model where portions of every event were free. And that was one of the reasons that we did it was we realized that there are certain people that a, we want to get new fans into the sport. And we felt like it was a little unlikely that people would just subscribe to something that they couldn't really see what they, they wanted to see what it was. Right. Especially events that maybe they'd never watched before. So like we've got some new events coming online that have never been live broadcast. So some, sometimes a fan would never, you know, would hadn't been exposed to it. But also, if you look at actually UFC, even though UFC is pay-per-view, there's actually a ton of UFC content that's free. Preliminary ballots are free. And then they actually have whole cards that are free. Um, and so we think that, like, we're hoping that the free parts of the broadcasts are going to be produced. Not all of them, but the best ones, like, say, Ducks Race. You know, we've got nine people producing this event with two full-time announcers in the pits and we will have on the top end and the staging lanes. And we have a tower camera. Like, these are things that we could never do before because they wouldn't pencil out from a budget standpoint. And so our hope is the free parts of the broadcast are just going to be a lot higher quality. So I don't know how many people are going to watch the free parts. And and we have some projections, but we're not 100% certain how many people are going to watch the paid part, but our hope is that the quality of the broadcast being better will, will, you know, over time will attract more eyeballs. I mean, there's this whole thing and I'm not going to say it because you'll have to go to Donald Long's Facebook page, but he's got, you know, <laughs> pictures of tractors and he's dropping F bombs. And the truth is, is that 
with the budget that most live stream providers have, when you're down because a track that, you know, there's an accident on the track or there's an oil down. I mean, you could be watching the tractor for 30 minutes and, and I'm just going to be candid with you guys. We've been hammered for that for a long time about how boring it is to watch track prep, but there's, there's really no other way to cost effectively produce a broadcast unless you have an announcing team. And, you know, as much as I love Lee Sebring and, you know, Cam and all these guys, you know, I don't see anybody signing up for, you know, free announcing duties for the entire year. So, you know, I know I've kind of answered your question in a circular way, but I think making the broadcast better will help. But what those numbers are going to be over, say, like a four to six month period, you know, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to, you know, to know. I mean, I don't I don't know exactly. So you you jumping to another question, you had mentioned that you you are going for those of you or for the listeners that don't know, you have free content and then you also have paid content. Correct. Yeah, so it's no. like it's just like a USC fight is the easiest way to explain it. So you can watch it for a certain amount of times, get enticed, and then okay, if you'd like to continue in well, a credit card type of thing. I'd say it's actually more than just, you know, a like a preview. I mean, like, so for example, on Wednesday, tomorrow it lights out, we'll be broadcasting all the way till round one qualifying. So we're gonna be live ten to six o'clock. So you're talking about we're gonna be live for eight hours for free. And then okay. Thursday, same thing, eight hours, and then uh, one hour on Friday because Friday's all qualifying, and then Saturday morning we're giving the entire final round of qualifying for free. That's so cool. you know that's like I mean I guess we'd probably sell more. I mean I think like final round of qualifying that's a big that's a lot of show at Donald's race. But like this is one of those things where it's like I balance my love of racing and what I think is like maybe a good business decision, and like I think. Oh, you know, we can't give everything away, but I think, I think parts of every event should be free. Like, I think that's, what's best for the sport. And frankly, I think letting people see that for these bigger events, we're going to have a lot better production quality and like have all these interviews and everything. Like I, we've got to show people that, you know, and that's, if there's anything that's been hard about this is like, you know, we've, there's been a very mixed reaction online. I mean, you know, you have people like, you know, you have a lot of people that have, you know, had a hard time with it. And then there's a lot of people that have kind of understood it. And, you know, that like, there's a hashtag support the sport that's like been posted a bunch of times. Um, I think the hard part is just like, it is hard to have a change like this and then not have people just make assumptions because they don't actually read the actual like press release or whatever. So. Right. Like, well, that's totally- the thing. Everybody, everybody always just, just roast people online or whatever. But Don and I, when we, that's why one of the reasons why we wanted to, wanted to have you on the show, but cause we kind of touched on this before in a previous episode, but we kind of used the example of Supercross. So I'm an avid Supercross fan. It had been on FS one or whatever for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden NBC bought it or sports gold or whatever bought it. And I had to pay in order to watch Supercross. And I was like, man, like, you know, I, I think it's like 80 bucks a year or what I don't, I think, it, yeah, I think it's 70 bucks a year. <clears throat> something like that. And so that's how we got on the topic about, you know, like, are you, are people willing to pay for that? And it's like, well, if you're into it, you're probably going to, you're going to want to pay for it because I don't like, I use the example, I don't have cable. So, cause I don't really watch TV other than things that I want to watch. And if I want to watch them, I just pay for them. Like I just, I buy Supercross because I like to watch it. 
I buy, you know, we bought Disney plus for my kid. Cause I mean, it's got, you know, like it's just the things it's like a piecemeal thing that I, instead of spending all this money on frivolous things that I don't ever watch, like maybe it's a good platform. Like, you know, for instance, you know, ducks race or whatever, like, would I be willing to pay for, for ducks race? I mean, I enjoy it. it. You know, I'm a, I'm more on the nitro side, but I mean, I, I enjoy it. I watch it, you know, I have it streaming at work or whatever when I'm, when I'm available. So, you know, it's interesting. It, it's interesting to see the people, how they'll react. And, and I brought up the other day that, you know, when we, at, you know, at race pack, when I was there, like we had come out with a new product that was a stream, a cloud-based streaming service basically. And they have people had to pay and we were trying to figure out what the number was in order to get people not pissed off. You know, even I buy this data log or whatever, now I got to pay 20 bucks a month or whatever in order for the damn thing to work. Well, what's that, what's that number? What's that threshold? I really think it depends on, on the event or, you know, how serious the customer is, you know, how serious are they in racing? For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a deeper question that I, I mean, I actually really appreciate the way you queued that up because, you know, I think at the end of the day, you've got, you have a lot of people that love drag racing. And I was actually talking to someone about this this morning and they said, man, you know, there's a lot of people supporting you, but you know, you're also, you got a lot of people that are upset. And I said, well, I mean, they love drag racing and nobody wakes up in the morning and says, Hey, I've gotten, you know, this for free for the last five years. And I'm super happy about paying, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's $12 or 25 bucks or whatever. I mean, I, I firmly believe drag racing is one of the best sports in the world. And I also think and I've got to be careful and keep my SEMA hat on here. But I also think that drag racing has been one of the sports that, you know, it's just such an amazing sport. And I don't know that the sport of drag racing has ever been represented as well as it maybe it should have been. Um, you know, there were some decisions, you know, and I'm not knocking an HRA, but years back, you know, I don't know if you ever heard the phrase, the stars are the cars. And there was a time period where NASCAR was, leaning into promoting their drivers and, and creating, you know, good storylines and, 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 you know, NHRA went, you know, kind of the opposite direction, kind of a generic, you know, we're just going to promote the cars angle. And so I think, you know, I just think there's, I think there's a huge opportunity for drag racing to, to look at what's worked in other sports and we have such good characters and like, even like, you know, we were talking before the show started a little bit camera about you and the starting line incident. Like I actually think as much as those things are controversial or you look at like the whole Steve Torrance thing, like I guess there's different ways to handle that. But the thing is people like storylines. They like to follow their favorite drivers and they like some controversy and they like, Oh, absolutely. And I just don't think that we, and when I say drag racing, I'm just not referring to any HRA. I'm just talking about all of drag racing, you know, there's a huge opportunity here, I think, to, you know, represent drag racing better and put on a better quality product. But, you know, going back to your original point, I, I think we kind of drifted off of it. You were just asking about like pricing and, you know, you know, we were talking about the racer and, you know, our model's a little different. So we've chosen to do, you know, a Netflix style model. Um, we talked to a lot of people before we did this and, I'll just cut to the chase and tell you that we did a bunch of work on this. We talked to the people at, you know, 
that some of the people that provide the technology to UFC's fight pass, I mean, like we talk to a lot of people and the essence of it is when you do pay-per-view, people really only want to pay for three or four or five events a year. And there's two arguments there. You could say, well, give people, give the customer what they want. Uh, give them the five biggest races and they pay 25 bucks for the, you know, a race for the five biggest races. And maybe those five races get 20,000 buys or something like that. Um, and that's one option. And I'll tell you, that means you only have to produce maybe five or 10 pay-per-views a year. And you don't have to drag three trailers around the country and produce 40 races. But I have a real different, a very significant different vision, which is, is that I actually think that what's right for us in drag racing is to broadcast 50 events a year and everything from a no prep show to a diesel race, to a, you know, roll race, to class racing, to grudge racing, to radial racing, to maybe even some big bracket races. I just think that, you know, if you can create a pricing model where someone pays, you know, let's say that 12 to 16 bucks a month and they can get 50 or 60 events. I think that's a great value. And then the small promoter, like Donald Luck 10 year, 10 years ago, Donald Long was promoting his first radio race. You know, there was, there wasn't 600 cars there. And so well, I'm it, not saying that we're not eyes. giving out. Yeah. It gets better eyes on everything. I mean, if you're paying that 12 bucks or, you know, whatever that number is, and they don't know what bracket racing is, but they know what ducks race is. And if they have, if they're already paying for it, they might stumble upon it and be like, Oh, well, let's watch this today. And then they, they start getting more eyes on the sport. They tell their buddies. I mean, seems like that's the angle that you guys are going to go, which, which seems, seems legit to me. I'm not saying though. No. I mean, like I'll, let me play Don's role. So if Don is going to give me a hard time for something like this, I think the counter argument to that would be that, the customer just wants to buy ducks race and they don't want a subscription and they don't want, you know, they don't care about bounty hunters and they don't care about the drag illustrated, you know, world door slammer race. And they just want one event. And I respect that. Like I'm, I'm not like diminishing that. Like that's a legit point is, you know, sometimes you say, well, that's what the customer wants, but you look at like Netflix's model and I, and in my counter argument to the counter argument is <laughs> Netflix gives you, a hundred shows and you only watch two or three or four of them, maybe, and maybe you watch some movies, but Netflix's model allows them to continually create new shows and create new content. And if you just pay-per-viewed, you know, one of the Netflix shows, like I watch you, which is one of the Netflix shows. And if I just like bought that, you know, on DVR, I just bought it for three bucks that'd be it. That's a totally different model than me being a Netflix subscriber and just being able to check anything out that's new. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just our model of what we wanted to build and what we wanted to do was, was we really want to be the Netflix drag racing. And, um, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, we're not going to do every event, right. There's a lot of room for other broadcasters and other live stream providers. And, you know, we're, at some point, you know, whether it's 50, 60 events, it's going to get to the point where that's, you know, probably all we can produce and not go crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we've announced we're adding a bunch of events. So we've added, you know, we added the Drag Illustrated World Door Slammer Race. We've uh, added uh, Matt Plotkins, who's the promoter for Bounty Hunters. We've added his Winter <laughs> Meltdown. 
Um, we've got a couple more events we're pretty excited about announcing. Um, we'll be announcing next week, but we're going to, we're going to add like eight events this year. So we couldn't have afforded to do that before when we were just ad supported. So thank you for downloading today's episode of racers and rental cars podcast brought to you by motionraceworks.com. Stop by motionraceworks.com for all of your high performance needs. If you need to go fast, motionraceworks.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Do you want to win a Racers and Rental Cars t-shirt absolutely free? Well, we're giving one away this week. All you got to do is visit LB Trailer Sales Facebook page, like it, and leave a Racers and Rental Cars comment. That's all you got to do. Cam and Don are going to pick one very lucky winner and send out a free t-shirt. So go to LB Trailer Sales Facebook page, like it, and leave a Racers and Rental Cars comment. Don, I don't know. Did we answer your question about how this will impact the racer well enough? Cause <laughs> well, it's, let's see that. So going back to that. So the difference is between the, the cliche or, or the tagline of being the Netflix of drag racing is that me as a company, I only want to, I only want to impact a certain segment market. So as a vendor that's got a racer and I've got a product, and the only one that I impact is these three races. These are the three races that I care about my driver and my company and my product line being sure. able to impact. You've, you've handcuffed me with the other events that I'm really not interested in. And you're talking about as a, as a racer or well, as a fan? Well, from this, from the standpoint all the way across, because remember a racer, the racer is the entertainer. So you can't have a USC fight if you don't have any fighters. Granted, there probably would be people that would tune in just to watch the ring girls. However, <laughs> um, so hey man, like, some people, some people can be multi-sported. They can be drag racers. They can be UFC fighters. Yeah. Hey, look so at yeah. Yeah. Call Tito up. Call Tito up. Give me a you bottle can of hear me right now. Yeah. So the the problem or the challenge with that is, and again, because I'm a company, so I represent companies, I'm a driver, I have my own brand, and I come in to do certain things. I'm not Stevie Fast Jackson, but um, Craig Sullivan, and I'm trying to I'm trying to grow bigger. I'm I have my opportunities. Well, let me, so let me play devil's advocate for you. Cause I'm, cause you, cause I want to, cause you actually brought that up, which is a perfect example. So Craig Sullivan rate has, he, he raced at the NMCA right next to me in our radial car. So 
if we had it be a pay-per-view, I can tell you all the events that Craig races at, other than maybe the, you know, NMRA NMCA Super Bowl or maybe the finals, they wouldn't even be live streamed at all. So that's the thing. That's the tough part, Don. I'm being super honest with you. That's the tough part when you look, when you actually run the numbers on this, that, you know, I own, used to own the NMRA and the NMCA with my partner, Steve Walcott. I absolutely love that racing series. I think those guys do a phenomenal job for the grassroots racer. Um, would their, you know, race at Maple Grove, their Mustang race, would that be pay-per-viewed? Um, probably not. I think they'd be the first ones to tell you the economics probably wouldn't work. So the problem is that the question isn't so much. Wait, let, you know, let, me, let me interject real quick. Cause you, you finally, yeah. you finally said it. It's a different segment group. It is. Yeah, for sure. So when I look and I'm a marketing person and I look at the demographics for a ducks race for the racer that comes there and the fan. And I look at an NMCA and, NMCA race or an NMRA race or even PDRA with Tyler and Tommy, those all have different demographic groups of economic stature. They're going to attract different individuals. So, and they're also going to attract different companies. So I, I will tell you, we have the data on everybody that watches and it's really fascinating. I mean, you make a really good point, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think it's less so than you might realize. There are a group of drag racing fans that watch a lot of drag racing, and you know they'll watch a PDR race, they'll watch an NMCA race, they'll watch Ducks race. It, the segments you described actually have a ton of crossover. For us, what has less crossover is a race like World Cup you know, finals, Jason Miller's race or TX2K down in Houston or FL2K. Um, but I think what you're going to find, uh, is when you sit down and look at it, you bring a great point. I'm, I, by no means am I discrediting your point. Um, the question becomes, you know, can you put together enough, enough type of events for those people to watch where it's worth it for them to like buy a year of drag racing because there's like PDRA with eight PDRA races. And, you know, so if you're into pro mods, you've got world door slammers, you've got PDRA, you've got NMCA, you've got, you know, you, so you've got like quite a few races on the schedule, but you can, I mean, worst case scenario, if there's three races you want that you just really want, and, and I'm not saying it's not all of a pain, but you can subscribe just for the month and then cancel it. If you just, just want, one or two events that are just right up your alley. And so uh, all of your questions are spot on. These are all things that we spent a lot of time talking about. I mean, there was a lot of late nights talking about how do you do this in a way? Because the thing is, the problem is if the answer becomes going to pay-per-view, then half those events don't get broadcast anyways. And then you can start talking about putting packages together and it can get really complicated. Like I'm going to put a radial package together. I'm going to put a pro mod package together. And the how do you decide the, the uh, events that you're going to go to? That's a great question. Um, let me finish the last yeah, little yeah. thought there and then I'll get to that. Ow. So, you know, you can argue about putting packages together and you could say like, I'm going to put, and then at some point, you know, is that just too complicated to have, now you're telling a guy you can subscribe, you know, for a month, you can subscribe for the year, you can subscribe to, you know, 
three or four different packages. And I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, I think we just try to keep it a little bit simpler and, you know, I'm not saying 149 bucks, which is 12, you know, the intro deal we have, which is 12, basically 1250. I'm not saying that's jump change, 150 bucks. I mean, and it kind of upsets me a little bit because people are trying to defend us and they're really like, which is awesome. And they're saying like, Hey, it's only $150, but like, you know, there are different people of economic walks, blocks of life. And I don't, like just because someone might not have $150 doesn't mean they don't love drag racing or they're cheap. Like there's some people that just don't have a budget of 150 bucks or, or they just, they're at the point in their life where, you know, they're just, you know, they could be in college. They could be, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why someone might not be able to spend that kind of money. And so, you know, that's the harder part, you know, is just trying to find a price that's fair that, you still do a good job at. And we kind of think we kind of are in that 12 to $16 range where, you know, it's not a crazy thing, but it's, you know, a reasonable deal, but you ask how we pick events. So you want me to jump right into that? Or do you want to ask another question? Go ahead. So it's changed because, you know, how we picked events before was really just based on how, what we could actually like sell commercials to, to, no, the first thing is just paying for, for the fee. Right. Um, it costs us not including overhead or equipment or like buying the production trailers. It costs us between six and ten thousand dollars to do a broadcast. Wow. We do. We bring four to five people in to do the average broadcast, and so you know, we have more staff than like most people than like uh, the other people that do drag racing live streaming for the most part. Those they're expensive, and so the first thing is, can you just can you just get it paid for? Like, can you just offset your costs? Um, and what you'd, if you were to like, look at our events and this is like, you know, private to our promoters, our promoters have all these numbers, but like you have an events like ducks event and duck ducks events actually is a bad example because ducks event is like very expensive to produce, but say you have like an event like the animal and MCA super bowl. That's like a good example. Like that has tons of people want to buy commercials on it. So that event pays for the events maybe the NMRA events that don't do as well. And so there are events like on the NMRA schedule that like lose money. And then there's some events that do well. And then, you know, your hope is by the end of the year, when you look at all of your expenses, that it balances out. Now the neat thing is we don't have to just rely on like who might buy commercial inventory, but we can look at like the type of events that people might want to buy and might want to watch. And that is very different because instead of just looking, there are super awesome events that sponsors don't know the events. I, I would actually even say like the first year or two of the PDRA, PDRA had like an awesome product on the racetrack, but they weren't that well known to like sponsors. So you'd have a hard time selling commercials, even though like there was a ton of people that watch it and there was awesome racing. And so um, it just kind of changes the way you look at things because now you want to, you're willing to take a flyer on smaller events that are awesome. And right. so I actually think it's a lot better to be honest with you, because now you can look at it from multiple angles at once. So how do you pitch this? Deep thought. Look yeah, at I, look I, at I, how do you, how are you pitching this to sponsors, to vendors? Because, because going back to your statement about, you know, of having all those views and having that data from the last three or four years of all yep. these events, all these millions of minutes, all these millions of views, all of them were based off of being free and, and could have been, 
shared, liked, nudged, friend requested, what, you know, whatever the case is for all different age categories uh, across the country. And so I'm concerned that as we're looking at this, as Kim's going to get all flustered because of the millennial approach, I'm, I'm worried. I am worried as much as I hate the social media at times. The social media is good for planting seeds for the future. And I am worried about Generation Alpha this, that is out there running around right now. That's going to be the most, you know, tech savvy generation that we've ever had uh, to date, that they're going to miss out on those opportunities of scrolling through their Instagram feed and catching johnny joe jerk off in the stands at virginia motorsports park showing a live live shot of a car and now he's not hooked and and so those are the types of things that you know obviously that's you know three five six years yeah i I mean i'm worried about that from a vendor standpoint because you know, I'm Motion Raceworks, and I'm over here, and I'm selling X, Y, and Z, and now my viewership or my impressions, um, you know, my my acquisition costs just went in the toilet. Um, well, let's let's talk about a couple things. So, first one is, you know, you ask about sponsors. So, we've got a lot of great sponsors that we could not produce a live broadcast without these guys. So. You know, they knew about this. You know, we shared it with them. And the first thing is, is that you just, first off, you, you, you make it more affordable and which we did. So we, we realized there was going to, the audience wasn't going to be quite as big. Um, so we reduced what we charged for commercials. Um, the second thing is, is that a lot of the broadcast is going to be free. So, you know, with higher production values. So that makes you know, that's better for the sponsor because you've got a better produced quality broadcast. And we're still going to share our feeds on Facebook and YouTube. And I mean, this. so all the free portions are going to be heavily promoted. Frankly, we have an ad budget now because now we actually are promoting the feeds more aggressively. So we're going to put more money behind just promoting the live feed, uh, you know, the free portions of it. So I don't, you know, I don't know how impacted the audience is going to be. I like to tell you that I don't think it's going to be as impacted as you might guess, because I mean, heck, I think more people will, will watch the final round of qualifying at lights out than they did last year because the quality is better. The broadcast, the equipment we have is better. The picture is going to be better. I mean, it's going to be better broadcast. And so I, I think you're still going to get a lot of people watching that. Um, here's my last comment we are not the only media company out there. We might be the only ones doing like a live feed on the starting line, but like, you know, I actually ended up like working with Kyle at straight line media. And I actually, like we, we ended up working a deal out the sponsor, like his, some of his post event videos, he's going to help, you know, um, create some buzz about the live broadcast. Like um, there is a ton of, there's a ton of opportunities for people that are doing great job, you know, creating on-demand video content. And I ultimately, I think your millennial viewer, you know, or like you said, the the next generation viewer, they're going to have a lot of different options. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not as worried about it. I mean, I ultimately think that 
and I'm not trying to diminish the cost, but if, if, if a 20 to 25 year old viewer is hooked on drag racing, I don't, I don't think like 12 or 15 bucks a month is going to scare them away. If, if like the quality of the broadcast and all of our broadcasts aren't going to be like lights out quality, but if the quality of the broadcast is good and they're hooked and we give them a good product and you know, they'll, and if they don't, there's going to, they're going to have, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be 20 hours for free at lights out. So I think that's a lot of time, you know, um, so the, the very last thing you brought up, um, was, uh, you know, talking a little bit about, you know, this idea that, um, I don't know how to, I don't know how you phrase it exactly, but you were talking a little bit from, you know, the racer standpoint of, you know, getting less exposure and, you know, um, I'm going to say this politically correctly, but most of our, most of our advertisers are, in the performance industry and they want to sell performance parts. And so, you know, I think that people that want to support the sport and are really into the performance side, I think those are going to be the people that are going to continue and be part of the, they're going to be the subscribers. And I think people that are not as serious about it or just super casual, I'm not saying like a casual fan, but somebody that's just not as into drag racing, they're going to be the ones that are going to say, I'm out. I'm going to just go mow my lawn or I'm going to go watch UFC or I'm going to go watch football or something else. And so for our advertisers, even if let's say half the audience were to go away, it's the half that will stay is the part is the half that like buys their parts. The hardcores. Right. Well, it's just like, like, like a uh, person that's a more serious fan, you know, someone or someone that street outlaws deal. I mean, like, it's on discovery channel. I mean, let's, let's be honest, like the amount of people that watch that, that actually drag race or buy a carburetor or an EFI system, or, I mean, is probably way less than, than people would imagine. So, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. I mean, it's so well, the people go ahead, Don. That's did, but to Don's point, I just want to make one thing, which is, is that Don has a really good point though, which is <clears throat> if you're auto zone, or your monster energy drink, you know, maybe that has less, maybe you're looking for anybody that's male that's 18 to 40. And, and I think Don's right. I think it's going to have some impact, but I wanted to talk, I mean, I don't have a, um, I got to run in about 10 minutes guys, but one of the things that like you've mentioned doing what's good for the racer. And I may get up on the tires a little bit about this because if there's anything that like the last couple of days has taught me, it's that, there's a lot of people that don't understand the economics behind promoting racing events. And for every Donald long, and by the way, I think Donald, you know, Donald's a controversial guy. I can tell you, Donald is a loyal human being. The the duck and Donald long are two different people. Duck <laughs> is duck is a wild squash buckling promoter. And Donald long is actually a pretty awesome dude. And, you know, he's got his own persona for promoting, but, for every Donald that's as incredibly good as Donald is at putting people in a facility, there's five other people that are literally not going to be able to make their house payment if their event rains out and they have to pay the purse. And I'm not saying Tyler Crossno didn't make his house payment, but Tyler Crossno paid an entire purse when there was rain problems, there was other issues with the track. I mean, you know, that was very difficult financially on him. And it's really, it's sometimes it's hard. I'm not trying to take anything away from drag racers, but some people just don't understand like how difficult it is to be an event promoter. And I think the most important thing that we need to do is I think we need to support our sport. And I'm not, 
telling you to go buy the live feed, but just understand that without racing events, you can't race, right? I mean, I guess you could go to your, you know, test and tune day, but I mean, we need healthy promoters and we need promoters that put on events and we need promoters, frankly, that, I mean, I don't want to say they need all the revenue streams they can get, but it's like, the truth is, is that most of these guys are not making fortunes and they're working out of their house and they're working their ass off and they take a lot of risk. And I like, as a racer, West Coast drag racing is really hurting right now. We, we have less events than we've ever had. And hell, I don't even care about a payout. I just want a good prep track. And <laughs> Somewhere to, to go. My friends. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, part of it is we are doing a revenue share with all of our promoters, our promoters. I mean, we, we have, they have different deals depending on how big their events are. But my hope is to write every one of these guys a check at the end of the event. And, you know, I just, I don't mean to get like too upset about this, but I just think like some of the stuff that said, you know, just upsets me because if we don't have these guys wanting to promote events, I literally think that drag racing will be hurt dramatically if we don't have these promoters out there creating events. And like, again, I'm not even necessarily just talking about the live feed revenue, but it's like, it costs a lot of money to drag race, but we have to have somewhere to go drag race. So I just, it's like one of those things where I just think healthy promoters are really important and it's just really easy to like, and, and I, I think some people just don't understand all the costs. You don't necessarily see it all, but you know, maybe why would you, right? You know, and, and you know, you wouldn't know if you'd never promoted an event, but there are a few things as stressful as life is doing that. Oh, and I would agree with that. And, and though it's, you know, there, people don't know what's behind the curtain. They don't know, you know, to spend $20,000 to run a racetrack to put on an event and pay a staff and some, yeah, I mean, all, whatever the case is, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter. Those bills keep coming in because they have to happen. Um, and especially for segmented racing, you know, I, I mean, you can take NHRA and set them off to the side and then just start the start the line uh, and start the flow chart. And those segmented forms of drag racing, if they don't have people to promote them for the vendors that sell products to them and so forth and so on, uh, the business cycle will stop. Um, and, and I agree with that. And, and I don't think I... My whole thing is, is I am not against anybody making money because first and foremost, I work and drive for a family that is in the passion business. And that's what drag racing is. It's a passion. It's something that people choose to do. They don't have to do. Um, same thing for the RV business. It's what they spend their disposable income on, not because they have to, because they want to. So I, it, my thing is, is that it has to be within reason. I, I guess that's the biggest thing is that it's like as the price goes up and, and I take it from the promoting standpoint. I remember my first practice tree race. I said, I'm not charging more than this because I, I want it to be affordable for everybody to come. And it took me six years before I raised the entry fees because it just got to a point that it got bigger and bigger and people wanted more and more. And hey, the only way you can give more and more is you got to make more and more. Uh, so I get it. I understand. Um, I just, I wonder that first, that first pitch, if the first pitch had to be a 95 mile an hour fastball and it could have been a 35 mile an hour underhand softball. Uh, but nonetheless, 
The weekend is here. By the time this podcast drops on Saturday night, James and his team are going to have some numbers to mull over. Dude, uh, he'll he'll still be in Hawaii living the dream. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's all right. He's still he's still going to have it. He's still going to be getting the numbers. Uh, as any good leader would be when it comes to metrics and advertising and media, I want the numbers and I want them now. Uh, I, I was, don't think this is going to be answered though, Don. I'll tell you. I mean, we are very committed to this. I believe in my heart. I mean, we haven't even talked about, and I, I know we don't have a lot of time together, but I want to share something with you. And it's been shared pretty widely, you know. Um, we've been really upfront about, you know, what the economics were. And um, they're a great company and they're still our partner. So I just want to start out with that, you know, but like Livestream was acquired. So Livestream is a technology provider that provides, you know, all the Livestream technology to do the actual feeds. They were acquired by Vimeo uh, a year and a half ago. And we streamed almost 2000 terabytes of video bandwidth. And we were paying, I don't know, I think, I don't know if it's like confidential. We were paying like, you know, under $20,000 or so, um, you know, roughly for, you know, the platform, the bandwidth. And that number this year was going to go up to 125,000 or more. I mean, we, we didn't know exactly what it was going to go up to because it, it depends on how much bandwidth was used, but it was going to go up some really astronomical number because um, they were losing money on it. And um, that's why you saw the other companies that do drag racing live feeds have moved to YouTube is because it just became too expensive to actually, you know, and I'm not going to go into the, there's, there's some other reasons why we stay with live stream and, and I'm not going to go into them, but I can tell you that the way that we were heading, you know, not including overhead or paying, you know, keeping our lights on at the home office, but despite having a lot of amazing sponsors, if we had kept going the way we were going, we would have lost money in 2020. Um, and that's not upgrading equipment. That's not adding higher quality broadcasts. That's not adding, you know, anything, you know, any more features. Um, and we would have lost money and, you know, you know, you can only lose money for so long before, you know, then the next year, you know, you lose, maybe you lose more money or you can't add any more events. I mean, it, it becomes very difficult to operate because you can't invest in the business when it's losing money. And, I'm not telling you we made the right decision. We won't know that for probably two years, right? I mean, that's the truth. Like we can, you and I and Cameron can sit here and we can talk about it, but we won't really know, you know, for probably a year or two. But I can tell you that it was this or not have speed video. Like it wasn't keep it the same. Um, it would have been just, you know, we would have gone away and maybe Mark Walters and Motormania could have added 40 events. I doubt that because most of Mark, from what I understand, the promoters pay Mark to go, you know, to a lot of his events. And I don't know if these promoters would have done that and maybe a new company would have started up. But, um, I know for us, it was, you know, let's either we invest in this or go all in or, you know, probably, you know, not, not do it. And that's not, not probably we wouldn't have done it. And so for me, you know, there was a gut check moment where we all got together and said, guys, what are we going to do? And we all looked at each other and we said, we think we can, we can make this work and we know it's going to be tough, but we're going to buckle down and, and, uh, you know, try and build this thing. And, uh, and you got everybody, you, know, you guys decided you're doing a three-year plan, correct? That was what that's hundred percent. That's hundred that percent. Okay. correct. So that's what I, I had heard. Almost. I mean, I mean, most of our promoters, 
no matter where our agreement with them was, they most of our promoters are on new three-year deals. I got to tell you, whether this thing goes great or not, if you look at our list of promoters that signed that letter, most of these guys will be lucky to get a significant check this year. I mean, these guys put their reputation on the line because they sat in the conversation you and I and Cam just had. That's the same conversation I had with Jason Miller, with Tommy Franklin, with Tyler, with Steve Wolcott and Raleigh Miller. We had all these conversations and, you know, they all were, they all took a big risk to, to get in there and do this with us. And, you know, they're taking, some of them are taking, you know, a beating. Donald's just the first one, right? Like poor guy's <laughs> like out there, he's out there with a weed whacker and, you know, Donald's leaning into it too, right? You know, he's, but, but I got to tell you, no matter what happens, um, those guys, they, I just am really proud of our group of guys. They just, these guys are, these guys are innovators they are willing to see the vision and they want to see higher quality broadcasts. They want, they want to make great events. I mean, they didn't want to see the live broadcast go away. Um, and they put a lot of trust in us and there's going to be bobbles guys. I'm going to tell you that right now. I mean, you know, they're supposed to be so, somebody's yeah. golf cart is going to run over, <laughs> you know, an electrical cord that lights out on Thursday and the feed's going to go down and the internet's going to blow up for like eight minutes. <laughs> and Monty's going to post buffering pictures and like that will happen. <laughs> um, but like, again, this is going to be like a year long thing. Like, and we're hundred percent committed. Is there, is it going to go hundred percent smooth? Probably not. Um, but I can, you know, I know you guys don't, you know, Cam and I know each other a little bit. I know Don, this is the first time you and I have spent time, but I can tell you, I, I hate screwing things up and failing, man. I work my ass off, whether it's drag racing or business, like I'm going to do everything I can to make this thing work. <clears throat> and I respect the hell out of all of our people that have subscribed people that have, come in early and subscribed. And then even people that are skeptical or they don't think it's the right decision, like I'm going to do everything I can to win those people over. I mean, it's not just me. We got a whole group of people. I mean, there's like our group at speed video, Tom, Callie, Gina, there's a whole group of people. These people have been up till midnight every night for weeks trying to make this right, you know, and do everything they can. So, you know, I mean, I just, it's like, I got a whole lot of gratitude for these people you know, and, and we're going to have to see what happens. You know, it's, uh, I, yeah, have a I mean, at the end of the day, it's a big risk and, you know, I mean, kudos to you and your team for, for will be being willing to take that risk. I mean, there, there's not a lot of people that, that are willing to do that. And I, I think it's cool. I mean, whether it succeeds or fails, I mean, somebody has got to do it. And, you know, by the, by the looks and, you know, like I was talking about your guys' office and, you know, all your other successes that you've had within the industry. I mean, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bet against you. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to read you a poem, but I'm going to read you something before I get off, which is, um, I don't even like the Kansas city chiefs by the way. So you guys might be like big Kansas city chiefs fans. Is that um, baseball? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm a chargers fan, right? So you can make fun of my San Diego Chargers, my LA chargers. Now see, I yeah. can't even say it right. And but you I lost your quarterback. I know. I've Philip Rivers, awesome guy, but they're, they're ready to move on. But anyways, Hey, let me tell you this quick story and then I got to jump off. So, you know, I don't want to reveal too much about myself personally, because you guys don't know me that well. So this might sound awkward, but like, you know, I've actually, one of the reasons I work so damn hard is like, I, a lot of times feel like I don't measure up. Like I, 
like, I feel like whatever I do is not good enough. Right. And I hate losing. So it's like, I just push myself like all the time to be the best I can be. But some of it's like insecurity, like just not having always having the, you know, you feel like you just never do enough, right? Like anything you do, I could always do it better. And so I hold myself to this like crazy standard. And anyways, I was watching Tony Gonzalez's hall of fame speech. And he, if you haven't read it, you guys or go watch it. You guys should go watch it. There was a moment in his speech where he went and talked to his kids and he was telling his children about what he wanted from them and what he basically started, what he said is, I'll read you just a quick paragraph about it. But he basically said how important it is to find something you love. But then he said, in the pursuit of finding what you love, you're guaranteed to get something that nobody on this earth is immune to. Beautiful growing pains. And he said, critics are coming. Like every successful person, you will be compared. Don't listen to them. He said, you will get knocked down. You will fail. You will doubt yourself. But that is a good thing. That's where the gold is. Be fearless and do it anyways. Life takes off on the other side of fear. When hard times come, dig deep, close your eyes and breathe slowly. Tell yourself, I've got this. I've got what it takes. I'm more than enough. Become the greatest version of yourself. And he said that to his kids, but I had someone forward that to me. And I think about that every time. Let's say I'm like having this conversation with you guys. You're trying to make like a decision on speed video or whatever. And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I love drag racing. Right. But it's like, I can't let fear drive our decisions. And like, I'll, I'll be honest, this was really scary, but I'm like, you know what guys, like, I just got to go for it, you know, and we got to just go for it. And hopefully like, this is a good decision and we have awesome drag racing broadcasts and we can take it to the next level. And the worst case scenario is I won't regret not doing it. Oh, that's uh you know, that's the whole deal. We always say, you know, when you talk about looking for sponsors and whatever it is that you're trying to do, you have to start and you can't get done. You can't find, figure out if you're going to succeed or fail until you start. So, uh, at that point, yeah, for sure. No. And I, and, and totally, I am from the point that you're, that a company came in, you being the company, you and your team, and you're going to try to further our sport. You're, you're taking it in your direction and your vision. And I'm never going to fault anybody for doing that. I'm going to inquire. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask difficult questions and challenge because, Hey, in one way, shape or form, it affects me and the companies that I represent or work with and, and our audience base. And Hey, I'm going to ask the tough questions and have the conversation, but, uh, I wish you all the best of luck. And, uh, if you've listened to any of our shows, James, there's two things you got to do before you leave. Um, I know you got to go, but we have two questions. You get to send one Christmas card to someone in motorsports. Who is it? John Force. That's the first time we've had John. Because I, John Force, because as a kid, I loved his enthusiasm and passion and I didn't know anything about drag racing, but I knew I wanted to do what that guy did for a living. Now we've had somebody say that they wanted to send John Force to the retirement home, but we hadn't had anybody say they wanted to send him a Christmas card. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. John, John's got his own, you know, he's a controversial guy. He's got his own stuff going on, but I'll tell you, and he's a showman. He reminds me of Don Long, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways he's no, I'm serious. I mean, that is true. the, the no. thing about these two guys that they have in common, they are filled with passion, you know, 
Don Juan's, I mean, he's a controversial guy. He stirs the pot, but I'll tell you what, you get to know him on a personal level and uh, he loves what he does. He loves drag racing. I mean, there are times where he, you know, tell you he's not going to do it anymore, but he doesn't do it for the money. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, Don, half the time I'm talking to Donald, he's, you know, got a paint can. He's painting a rental property of his. I'm like, man, you can't hire anybody to do that. I mean, he's hanging off the side of a building, you know, trying to do drywall repair. I'm like, I don't know what, because he owns a bunch of rental properties. He doesn't need to do this. Um, but anyway, sorry, your next question. So John Forrest gets my car. All right, last one. You get to send one WTF card to somebody in motorsports. Who is it? One WTF card. I have a pretty good idea. And that's a tough one politically for me. Um, <laughs> Nobody in the SEMA board is going to listen to this podcast. Chris Douglas might be the only person that uh, would listen. One WTF card. Um, God, I don't know that. that I've got to think that I've got to walk a careful line on this. Yeah, why? Um, <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to tell you who my WTF card goes to. It has, it is not anything to do with kind of some of the uproar and speed video on social media, but this goes to everybody on the internet that tries to bring down people, whether they're drag racers, tuners, you know, event promoters. It's really easy to sit behind your keyboard sometimes and hate on people. Get out of your house and go do something big. My WTF card goes to just people to start drama and don't actually do something big in life. So it doesn't mean you can't turn it around, go drag racing, go to an event, go start a race, go start a live stream company, start speedier video. Uh, <laughs> speedier. speedier video. I got a gas station around here. That thing's called so that. That's my WTF card. It's like, Hey, look, and all BS aside, you know, Look, whether we stick around or not, or make make a success or not, do whatever it takes to support your sport. Go out and make a difference. That's my thing. You do do whatever it takes. And so, you know, if you're passionate about drag racing, doesn't mean don't be a critic, but let's go out and make a difference. If you think we're doing something wrong, if you think a drag racer's done something wrong, it's fine. Call them on it, but go out and make a difference. Do something. Get out of your house. There you go. I like that. Well, James, thank right, you very guys, much. I got to go or I'm not going to be married much longer. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. Thank B- you very much. I'm going to call BS. You're, she's in Hawaii with you. Call BS. <laughs> well, she's down play. by herself at the bar is where she is. And so if I, like I said, she's going to end up in someone else's hotel room if I don't get off here. Oh. Yeah, well, well, in that case, got to go. Yeah. Thanks, James. All right, guys. Good thank you here. very much. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. See ya. All right. I think I've met somebody that likes to talk more than uh, um, your buddy. Dang it. Um, you're terrible with names, but I don't know even who you're going with here. I got CRS really bad, dude. Yeah, you have no idea. It's getting worse. It It is. But I've, I've got a checkup coming pretty soon at the VA hospital. And Boy. Um, my CRS, they're it's they're gonna have to start giving me something for it because it's getting really bad, <laughs> really bad. Nonetheless, it was fun to have him on the show. I, I yeah, mean, no, it's cool. he's a cool guy. He, uh, you know, he's definitely passionate in what he's doing, and you know, some people may like what he's doing, some people may not like what he's doing, and again, that's you know, we're we're uh, 
we're in sometimes not the most politically correct sh- show, um, but I think that's what people like. So, you know, Don, you're really good at asking the, the tough uh, elephant in the room questions. So um, it's cool because other people aren't uh, willing to ask those questions. So it was cool. He, he answered them very well. Uh, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in the next couple of years, but I mean, I think he has a good, a good mindset about it and you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I wish him all the best. Well, I, I think that the whole, you just to know what, what the philosophy was, what you're going to do and, and make sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a big swing, man. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to kind of, since it happened this week, it was, you know, national girl scout day. Um, but you know, cookie day, cookie day, national girl scout cookie <laughs> day was, was this week. I think it was Monday. Um, I mean, it would be like you going to order your favorite box of thin mints, girl scout cookies that you've been paying two fifty for forever and a day. And all of a sudden, it was fifty dollars a box, and I mean, how good are those thin mints? I, I mean, so I that's I totally understand wanting to increase the quality of production, produce a great show, great content. I mean, they're in the media business. There, there is one thing about their company; they have got like a stranglehold on advertising and marketing opportunities. When it comes to high performance, I mean, if you go onto their website and you see all the magazines and websites that they have, their digital platform, I mean, they don't have a platform. They have diesel, they have LSX, they have, I think they've got Mopar, they've got Dragzine. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. So they're in the advertising and marketing mark, you know, world. They can't fail. I mean, they're a right. conglomerate. That's not going to look good if they fail. True. Very true. What are you reading? I'm not reading nothing. What are you I'm looking, looking at? You. You ain't I'm looking, looking at, at your your ugly mug. Yeah. Okay. My ugly mug. Well, no, hey, I, I thought maybe you were overlooking at MotionRaceWorks.com. And Matter of fact, that's what I would. Maybe I was looking at motion ranks where no, actually, maybe I was on LB trailers checking out because I'm in the market for a new trailer. Well, it, this week, all our listeners can go to motionraceworks.com and enter the code racer at checkout and get 15% off all of Motion Raceworks apparel so they can go get themselves one of those cool camouflage Camo hoodies. Yeah, baby. Absolutely. I told Doug, I said, don't be looking at the names on the checkout because I'm going to be using the 15% off code myself. (laughs) Hell yeah, I want one too. So from now until the 21st, so a week, going to have a week for the code racer, 15% off. Go over to motionraceworks.com. Tell them that you got it from Racers and Rental Cars. And that being said, Cam, I'm going to cut you some slack as much as I still want to jump up and down. That was a really good show with James. I appreciate him coming on. Uh, hopefully, we did ask the hard questions. 
and hopefully our listeners can appreciate his answers uh, and our questioning. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll find out next week exactly how many people decided to tune in and subscribe uh, this weekend for Ducks Race. And, yeah. Uh, I don't Absolutely. have anything else, man. I'm spent. I mean, I'm freaking tired. I, I- I'm tired too. It's like one in the morning where you're at, and isn't it? It's twelve. It? Close. Well, okay, close enough. Yeah, it's uh, it's time for bed. I was gonna hit the jacuzzi tonight, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm going straight to bed. Once again, you were looking for sympathy, and you pulled out the jacuzzi. <laughs> Not happening, Cheeto boy. Hey, man. Somebody's got to do it. And if anybody wants to sing Cam a new hot water tank so that they Yeah, can you hear that sucker? It's like a he has like a, a jet jumbo engine. jet. Exactly. He has a jet engine for a hot water tank. So if anybody wants to uh send him a hot water tank, please send uh let us know at hate mail at racers and com, and we will get you in touch with Cam's um maintenance guy. <laughs> yeah, man, we're never running out of hot water around here. Gee whiz. Holy cow. All right, I'm trying to think. I think we've covered everything. Yep, I think so too. All right, dude. You take have yourself us home. a wonderful evening, there, Don. Man, I'm tired, dude. It's been a rough week already, in and out of the hospitals. I'm hopeful that uh, have a better weekend by the time this drops. Everybody, hopefully, they took care of their Valentine, their special person, rubbed on their race car if that's their Valentine. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh God, whatever. What what did what did it, what did Angie get for Valentine's Day? Did she want to be on the podcast with me? Yeah, I got I got her an episode of Racers and Rental Cars special guest for Valentine's Day. There you go. I thought maybe you got her an electric uh, air bottle solenoid. No, but she does need one of those. Yeah, I bet. yeah. <laughs> she needs that way That's more what- than she needs a twelve pack of White Claw. Yeah, this is also true. I actually, instead of spending on what I got her, I probably should have gotten her that as a matter of fact. Shoot! Two wires, my friend, two wires. No, actually, we have one of those solenoids. It's um, just sitting in the trailer, but we actually need the, the solenoids that's leaking, the actual airline one. But that's a whole other story for another day when I have time to fix it. Exactly. Hey, did your roof leak? No. Okay. No. I was wondering about that on Sunday when you were saying that. Did not. I was wondering if your roof leaked. No roof leaks. Floor still stuck down to the motorhome. Looking fresh. You know, things are good. All right. Take us home, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Once again, thanks to Motion Raceworks, Performance Data Systems, and LB Trailers. Uh, be sure to get your uh, racers and rental cars apparel at racersandrentalcars.com. And I will see all y'all in Phoenix later. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. Tip it back for the ones who came before us. Give it all you got, don't stop. It's not work hard, it's work hard. And I'm